what if two people are holding the ball with one hand simultaneously and they're both running? Uh, I don't think that's ever happened. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Speech Check. I am Sam. And I'm Matt. And this is episode 10. And today we're going to talk about World of Horror, E3's cancellation and our favourite rule set from the sport. But before we talk about any of that, Sam, what have you been playing? I have been playing more of Red Dead. Okay. Um, I have not been playing more of the story, which might be blasphemous to some. And that's kind of an unwritten rule of mine that I generally don't touch an online section before I finish with the campaign of the, of the game. They're quite different in Red Dead, though, aren't they? Like the, the story and the online are very different entities. They're, right? It's its own thing, yeah, yeah, which I think I've kind of covered a bit before. But um, I put more time into that. I've kind of cracked the, the meta. Okay. So I looked up um, how to, like, best ways to make money. Generally, with stuff like this and GTA, like, I deliberately waited a decent amount of time for the kind of community to sort itself out, people to establish what are the good things to do, what are the bad things to do, stuff, yeah. stuff like you should essentially buy, what weapons are good, what weapons are bad, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, wait for the kind of meta and the community to develop a little bit. So you wait until there's like decent research yeah. for you to tap into. And the, the online itself was branded as being in a beta phase for a good at least three months, maybe more. Was maybe, that Maybe four or five. Could you feel that? Was it like palpable? That, that's why I didn't touch it in that phase because oh, it was okay. being released uh, with like a beta branding on it. It was called Red Dead Online Beta. Okay. So it's come out that now. But uh, yeah, the way initially I was looking at it was to hunt. So mm-hmm. there's loads of stuff in the game. Generally, the best stuff to hunt is like deer and elk because mm-hmm. when you skin animals, you get a lot of stuff and then you get like uh, you get meat, which you can use to craft stuff to make food and that but mm-hmm. uh, you do get a lot for it and like animal carcasses and things like that so that's a good way if you're start if you're starting off if you haven't got into red dead property yet online that's a good way to start get a get a varmint rifle or a bolt action rifle those are probably the two best like long range weapons mm-hmm. and they're not too expensive uh and use that to like use the varmint rifle to hunt like smaller animals like rabbits and stuff and then use the bolt action to kill like deer and elk and all that kind of stuff uh and then you can do, I think I spoke about it before, you can do one of four roles. Do you want to go for the collector? Okay. Because it has online collectibles. They're on like a procedurally generated map. Okay. So every day there's a 24-hour cycle mm-hmm. of a lot of collectibles. There's a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you uh, you collect them, there is an online map that people have, like I guess, collated the knowledge. Okay. And it updates. You can pick and choose what <coughs> ones you want to see details like random encounters it's, it's really high detailed and i don't know who made it but whoever did well done to those people where, where can you find that map do you, do you know the site or what people should ter- search for to find it um i saw it i was looking for because you have to sell the stuff to a woman okay um, and she disappears every day and you have to go and find her and okay so initially i was looking for that and i found it through that i'll put the link in the description actually okay yeah so link in the description um so if you do want to get into that it's a really good resource to use uh it does kind of take the gameness away from it because when i go to play it i just go on a treasure hunt for a bit which you know isn't i imagine what rockstar ran before but that's what my experience is and does it uh does it take the fun away from it a little bit because you don't really search you just it's almost i'm like just, just following a dot to dot you're not yeah so i like okay I'll, I'll find where she is and then i'll get the stuff around her so i can quickly sell it to her and then i'll go from like kind of town to town mm-hmm. and there's, there's usually some stuff around the major cities so mm. you just kind of to each one okay. so it does kind of make it into a different kind of game people a bit people some people even might be like why are you playing it that way like you say it kind of it saps the fun out of it mm. but uh i'm getting like my achievement stuff out of the way that's my way of playing it's probably not a lot of people's way but that's how you enjoy the game right the game is there for you to interact with it however you choose you know, yeah so up to you do that i've got that stuff kind of almost done the, the hardest thing is need to own five horses at once okay. and need to buy stable spaces and then buy the horses but you can just buy the, the worst horse which is mm. like fifty dollars but like the stables get uh like exponentially more expensive so it's like hundred dollars 250 500 750 okay so and that's, that's, a, that's a lot of money yeah what, i was gonna say what you've explained before that's 
that's a lot. That's yeah, like but not the, a trivial amount. But the collector, when you collect that stuff and sell it to her, it ranges in price, but you'll get anywhere from like seven dollars to like twenty, depending on the thing you give her. Like okay. stuff like jewelry is more expensive, whereas like plants. So if you completed all of those collection tasks in a day, or however long it takes to, for it to refresh, would you expect like a hundred dollars, hundred fifty dollars? You'd be getting thousands. You get loads because you get a bonus if you like. There's a set of collectibles. Okay. And there's a if you turn them all in at once, it's a you have a complete collection, so you get an XP and a money bonus from that. Okay, so you could you could really rinse it. So the 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 achievement with the five horses. Yeah. You get that in no time if you had. It took me a few play sessions, but generally what I would do is I would stick a YouTube video on my phone, do that for a bit. So mm. I'm kind of passively playing. Um, I would recommend anyone else to do that because to just go around collecting collectibles in silence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not a fun ordeal, but such is the life of an achievement hunter. Um, I also got randomly attacked. So the the game has like it kind of prides itself on having these. You can get like just ambushed by mm -hmm. NPCs. Uh, I was in a town. Okay. I was. I had my meat. I was trying to cook a succulent American steak. Okay. Delicious. A mature, some mature venison. Mm. And then I see, like, I get, it's like a, you have to go into, like, a menu to, to cook stuff. Yeah. And then I got pulled out of it, and I was like, what the hell's going on here? Um, and I was, like, just outside of a town. And I see this red dot, and I'm like, oh, is that a, um, is that an enemy? Is that a, is that a PvP dude trying to go around causing trouble? Because you can get players that are, like, hostile or marked with red. Okay. Uh, I looked, and then it was just, oh, this is, this is just a random NPC. And some random ai was going nuts <laughs> running around town shooting people and then he pulled up to me shot me once nearly killed me i pulled out my my double double sword offs Ooh. took him straight down and the game went murder dishonorable <laughs> i was like this guy's fucking going crazy was he did he killed other npcs by that point he killed about three other people yeah <laughs> so i don't know what it was That's i weird. thought i thought it would have been an honorable an honorable action because he's going uh, crazy or like some like i don't know bounty quest or something like yeah because well, things happen like that in game mm. where like if you're uh like in the main story if you're honorable bandits and idols and stuff will try and attack you or like cause they're like oh they they know you're a good guy so mm. they're hostile towards you whereas um if you run into like lawmen or whatever they'll be like oh you're a, you're a good guy because you help us catch criminals and stuff it's so like a basic like, karma system yeah it's like a dynamic karma system that mm. and different people will react to you based on what that is mm. You know, which isn't revolutionary, but that's good that those dynamic events kind of happen in the world. Yeah, it's cool I, that it's... You and know. I thought that was happening in... I thought that was an instance of that, but it, I, I don't know what was going on. Maybe Just a glitch in the system. Picked a fight with the wrong guy. Yeah. And just went a bit crazy. Just trying to cook some simple oregano beef. <laughs> and people trying to shoot me in the back. But yeah, that's the majority of what I'm playing. I haven't put too much time into... Anything else other than that's the, the most noteworthy thing I've been playing. But what it sounds like you? it's quite time-consuming as well. Yeah, oh, it was like I'll do that late at night generally, where I'm like, okay, I don't want to get into anything too intense, and I'll be like, okay, just do this quietly, put on a video. If anything, the the, the gaming is almost secondary, which is kind of odd. But yeah, but that is. But yeah, yeah. What have you been playing, Matt? I know what you've been playing, but tell the people what you've been playing. I've been playing Resident Evil Two a lot. You have. Um, so Resident Evil 3 is coming out pretty soon. Oh. I'm pretty stoked for it. I believe it's first week of April. Is April 3rd? Yep. Right? And I will definitely be talking about that and also owning it along with uh, Doom Eternal. But yeah, I went around uh, my friend's house a couple of weeks ago and we ran through Leon... No, we ran through Claire, Claire's campaign. Claire's campaign A. We have like a... We've kind of built up a little bit of a tradition of... We go around when there's like the boxing's on. It's on at like 4am and we'll start a Resident Evil game at like 5 p.m and we'll try and play through the whole thing before the boxing starts and we've managed the remake and two twice now um i think we did four as well uh, but yeah so I'm, I'm going for the s plus leon run at the minute leon a i've completed uh leon a and claire a on standard difficulty i've got an s rank for claire um i've got an a for leon congratulations uh, it, yeah I, I was that's no easy feat yeah, the, I really didn't expect to get the S rank with Claire because I did a bunch of massive time wastes, like uh, going back to the RPD for the pieces of your SMG, and even getting the SMG in the first place is something you shouldn't really do if you're interested in time. But yeah, if you want to get the S plus 
for any of the any of the four campaigns, main campaigns, you have to complete the game in hardcore with under three saves in under two and a half hours for A campaigns and under two for the B campaigns. So you've got to be on it. You've got to know where you're going, what's happening. When you start hardcore mm-hmm. with the three saves thing, mm-hmm. does it start you with three ink ribbons? No. Okay, so you still have the fun. You can still theoretically save and mess yourself up. That's, that's yeah, you can. That's yeah. kind of. I mean, you've got to be aware of it. You've got to know what yeah. the, the intent of your run. It's kind of like a secret grade, I suppose. It's yeah. not so secret anymore because the game's been out for so long. But you know, if you really want to be really good, that's like the above S. You've gone out of your way to get it. Um, and I've actually I got to uh, G two uh, in an hour and ten. So I was doing pretty well. I was on for the two and a half hour close, but I saved in the wrong place. Where did you save? My first save was before G1, which is... That's generally the most consistent save, from what I know. It's a good place to do it. G1 can, can mess you up, especially if I was going for the knife kill to save ammo for G2, which I'm able to get. I'm able to get him with two knives, a stun grenade, and a regular grenade. I can't do the proper knife strap. I can, yeah, do, I can do it mostly. That's like a level in of itself, right, to do the... You've got to know exactly where to stand, where to aim, and how to strafe. And yeah. I'm just not quite there with my strafing. Safety so versus like the the gamble to do that. If you mess it up, is going to be you know a loss of what twenty minutes, half an hour. Yeah, and because you you save right before him, so I was just running at him over and over again and trying to figure out how this nice strap like worked. So I saved there before G1. I got to the crocodile just before the crocodile, um, before Ada's section, and I saved there because I had to go and do something else. And I thought, you know what? I've gone from G1 to Crocodile. I'm an hour in. That's pretty good time. Like, I can probably make that. Wait, the the Crocodile? You said the virus affects people, <laughs> not reptiles. I love it. <laughs> that explains the horrible things I've seen. <laughs> the virus turns people into monsters. <laughs> <laughs> They're selling a virus that turns people into indestructible monsters. Um, yeah, I got to, the, uh, I got to the, the Crocodile, saved, came back, I managed to get through Ada's section, which I died on a couple times uh, to my own stupidity. I don't. So I've like seen the game speed run and like watched some walkthroughs and stuff. I don't. Maybe because I've not watched it properly, mm-hmm. I don't understand what her sections are. They seem completely different. So Ada's. I've seen it with a little Wi-Fi thing to like break fans. Yeah, you you play Ada once. You, it's just the whole her whole thing is that she's got that hacking tool mm. so she can see wires through walls and you have to play like power conductor games and overload fans you have one you have a, a little puzzle section with uh, wires and fans then you have a little section with zombies and you have to run around them that section is really annoying um, but once you know where the power node is like when you're first dropped into it if you were new to the game it's basically a maze with zombies you have limited resources and you're looking for power cables through a wall with a gun it like replaces your gun mm-hmm. so you have to like scan around looking for these power cables while you're getting chased around around a dark maze of zombies so it's really annoying basically it's just an annoying section um but yeah g2 i find the g2 fight really hard i know that people who actually speed run the game can do it without firing a shot you just have to bait him into attacking and run past him from the crane yeah yeah i kill myself with that crane so regularly man and because i'd save before the crocodile that would mean if i managed to get through g2 I would either have to try and do the whole labs before G3 and then Tyrant or save before the labs and then do the entire labs with uh, G3 and Tyrant. If I die on either of those, I'm going back to the beginning of the labs, which I don't really want to do. So I decided I'm going to start again, try and get a quicker run and go for the S+. Fair. Sometimes it's best to cut your losses, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I can achieve it. So I'm just going to go back, start again, use the knowledge I've learned. It would be more annoying to get to the end and... Or like get to the final save and know that you couldn't do it in that time like you physically couldn't oh that'd be crushing man yeah if you like if you i don't know you saved it two hours and you know that the labs takes you at least 35 minutes you're like you're, you're just done yeah and it's just like ugh. um but yeah save advice for resident evil 2 a game that came out two years ago a year ago no a year Te- ago. technically oh no 2019 yeah beginning of 2019 yeah oh. um save at g1 g2 and then before g3 for leon don't don't bother with anything else you can get through the rest of the game without some people can get through it without taking damage, but certainly without dying if you've got defense items. Uh, but yeah, that's why I've been playing. Cool.
So that's what we've been playing. But Matt, take us into the releases. I will do that right now. Uh, so to this week, today, this episode, this episode, very right good. now, we've got two kind of more indie titles. Uh, there's not a great deal coming out on the AAA, at least this month. Next month, we've got some absolute bangers to cover, which I'm probably going to buy and play both of. Ooh. I'm not going to spoil that one full for you. Full commitment mm. to the cause. I might try and get a full playthrough before I do it. Um, so first off, we're going to be hitting One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows, coming us from Bandai Namco, published by Spike Chunsoft. And that was released February 27th, 2020. Uh, this is developed by the same company who made Jump Force, which okay. is kind of like a uh, Super Smash Brothers for anime fans. Yeah, I saw that, and I didn't, I couldn't quite work out what it was, but I knew that. Uh, I, I'm not a big anime person, mm-hmm. but yeah, I saw that was a thing, and I was like, "What the hell is that?" I saw it was a fighting game. But I think it was a big deal for people who were into into that sphere of cartoons. Uh, it's an arena fighter, so not you know, not not your Tekken Street Fighter 2D, not your Super Smash Brothers, I don't know what you'd call it. People call it a party fighter, but... Come at me. Come on. Uh, so Jump Force did okay when it was re- uh, released. It reviewed it 60% with a 4 out of 10 um, user review on Metacritic. It was like, okay. It was m- middle of the road. And I've read I've read some stuff, I've watched some stuff, and from what I can see, they've kind of mishandled One Punch Man a little bit. Uh, if you don't know what One Punch Man is, it's an anime set around a hero that is so powerful he can defeat every foe with one punch and he's completely indestructible. So it's kind of like a parodied Superman. So it's about how you find threat in that world and how he deals with being so super powerful. So I've, I've only watched a few episodes of it. It is kind of funny. The humor's on point. It's like a, it's a fun watch. It's a fun watch. Uh, and in this game, you have a similar kind of arena fighter style to Jump Force or the Dragon Ball Z games as well. They have that kind of open... Uh, 3D movement mm. sort of feel to them. But it kind of... It leans over into like an action RPG game. So if okay. you played No More Heroes... Yes. Uh, it's set up a bit like that, where you make your own hero in this universe, and he's he or she is aiming to be a, uh, a superhero of their own. And you go around, you fight bad guys, and you have like a hub world, and you do quests in this hub world, and you level up your stats, and your stats give you different moves and different um, armor pieces and abilities in fights. So you have this this whole campaign, and in my, the first thing that that triggered for me is that oh, this isn't a fighting game then, because those mechanics don't really go together. Yeah. A fighting game is all about having a certain equality of play field, and then you verse two people together. So that's that's a kind of, I don't know, a mish, mismatch of genres, maybe. Having an action RPG arena fighter. It's kind of strange. Um, it's got a 10-hour single-player campaign, which is lackluster, from what I was hearing. Lots of fetch quests, lots of run around, beat this guy, run around, beat this guy, run around, beat this guy. And that's kind of it. A lot of padding. Yeah, yeah. Um, your main character, character you play as, has voice acting in fights, so like you say the name of your moves and stuff, but you never say anything in cutscene, quote-unquote cutscenes, because they use in-game character models and just kind of position them. So it isn't uh, really okay. like a proper cutscene. Yeah. And that was actually something that rubbed some people up the wrong way, because in the promo material, they use the fact that this is like a really hyper-stylized anime to, um, to sell the game. So they showed a really awesome cutscene with like 3D models and stuff. And that only happens in the intro of the game. And then there isn't another cutscene like that at all for the rest of the game. The old bait and switch. Mm, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, I've also heard that the humour doesn't land so well. So talking about the the anime being a very humorous experience and it tackling that kind of comedy, uh, it's kind of one note. It's all a bit, you know, yeah, just lackluster, I suppose. Do you know if the any of the writers of the show were involved with the development or not? That I don't know. I believe they were consulted, but I'm not sure if they were directly involved. I'd assume because it's Bandai Namco and they'd previously made Jump Force, they have close ties with with the writers of the anime, so I would hope that they were closely linked to it, but I'm not sure. Maybe it's just one of those things where it doesn't translate that uh, from one me- type of media to another. You know, it yeah, doesn't, it doesn't cross that, yeah. that barrier. It's not a guarantee, for sure. Yeah. Uh, one, one cool function that I saw is that you have heroes that can turn up and help you during a fight so sometimes when you're fighting a super villain you'll have like a little uh picture in picture camera that will show up under your health 
that shows a hero from the anime, like uh, Naruto running towards your location. It gives you a little timer countdown. And then when they show up, they just help you beat um, beat the, the kind of character cool. you're versing. And that can happen for the villains too. So it can kind of add a bit of time pressure if someone's got a, a villain that's going to show up and going to make your life hell. A weird thing is that um, One Punch Man can show up too. And when he does, he just wins the fight. He'll just turn up and hit them. And that's, ah. that's the end of the fight. And uh, sometimes I mean, you play as One Punch Man as well. And the fight starts and you punch and that's it. And apparently they overplay that joke. Like it, it, it starts as a joke in the anime in like the first 10 minutes of the first episode. You get it. And then they start to build up different things. Mm. But apparently that kind of one note humor comes back time and time again. And it's not really that funny the sixth or seventh time you've seen it. Also, it's just, okay, then why can't I just use that to beat every boss? Or if, if you're going to circumvent any challenge in the game by doing that, What's, what's the point, right? I get it as like a one-time thing. Like, yeah. You know, build up some mega powerful boss. And then have it as like, like that be the punchline of the joke. Yeah. No pun. Um, yeah. But yeah, to have that, it's just being like, okay, I'll just stall this out and hope that one and it's a, turns up. It's a mechanic in the game. Having it as, an, as a legitimate mechanic, I think is a weird thing. Having it as a, a joke event, I could understand. Yeah, like a one-off, like say a one-off set piece that yeah. happens and you go, oh, okay, that was funny. And then, but yeah, having that as a thing like I said, as an, as an actual mechanic, mm. seems unusual. So single player is average, not so great. The fighting mechanics themselves are very limited and basic because because it's an arena fighter. I don't, other arena fighters might be more complicated, but from what I've seen, they're the least technical of the fighting games. Um, come at me if I'm wrong, because that's, a, that's a, maybe a controversial thing to say. doesn't mean they're not technical necessarily, but... With, with how far fighting games have come, they kind of have to be technical, right? They, that's what they... That is the, the meat and potatoes of their, of their game, yeah, of their like, mechanics. Like if you pick up Street Fighter Five now, you're going to struggle for a bit before you actually learn yeah. the mechanical technique required to pull off the moves and stuff. Uh, and, and in Arena Fighters, from what I've seen, there isn't really much tech. There's still game. There's still gaming involved. You still have to be, you know, know your opponent. And your standard fighting game rules apply, like frame advantage mm. and um, offensive and defensive positioning and stuff. But in this, it's even less so. There's like almost none. It's more of an action RPG than it is an arena fighter experience. And there's also multiplayer, competitive multiplayer. Okay. So you can play against other people's avatars and they can bring their fighters into this online space. Question. Go on. Tell me that they cannot get One Punch Man. So, <laughs> there's, uh, there's a mode that allows you to play as your created fighters. Yeah. Um, and there's a mode that allows you to play as fighters from the anime. And that's the ranked mode. And in that ranked mode, uh, One Punch Man is available. He's available as a character in that. Which completely kind of, I don't know, it defeats the object a little bit. If you want it to be competitive ranked, then you shouldn't have your joke character yeah in there you know mm. it's it's i felt like it was a really strange experience the only way to not have one punch man in the multiplayer is to have the kind of i don't know what the equivalent would be it's like a custom match to set up a custom match oh, like so no no one punch man rule set yeah you have to right. make your own rule set that doesn't get recorded by the game's um ranking system and you play that with another person which is kind of a strange decision in my opinion mm. odd so yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of the anime, um, I would watch a couple of reviews. And if you think you can put up with a fairly basic campaign structure, you might enjoy building your own hero and walking around in that universe. But it's certainly not a priority to pick up, I would say. It's a miss for me. Solid miss. It does. Yeah. Not to crap all over an anime, but it definitely sounds like it. So the next one coming at us. This is a, an indie title in early access right now. World of Horror from Panstaz. Pan that is a hard word to say. Panstaz Studios, published by Easebreed Games. God, they are not being nice to be honest, are they? That's rough. <laughs> um, that that was re well released. I say it was opened up to early access, twentieth of February, twenty twenty. Uh, this is based on the works of Junji Ito, uh, who is like the HP Lovecraft of Japan. He writes manga. Oh, that is going to be. This is going to be right up your alley, then. I was loving it. I've, I've been, I took in a lot of info about this because it seemed awesome. Um, it's kind of a a lo-fi 
adventure RPG. So it, the graphical presentation is incredibly simplistic, um, and it's very reminiscent of the late 90s, early 2000s adventure games. So it feels a bit Monkey Island-ish, but then you do get into more RPG style uh combat encounters where you do have to fight an enemy and in fact their their rpg combat encounters seem pretty cool but i'll get to that in a in a sec i'll lay out the the universe so you're in a in a small village you're a you're a student in this in this little village in japan i think in japan and mysteries start popping up so it might be people are going missing at the school or uh there's a type of vegetable that's never been seen on earth growing in this farmer's crop and your job is to go to these different places and explore these mysteries to get a key so that you can approach a lighthouse, which is kind of like a boss rush sort of thing at the end of the game. Now, all of these mysteries are predicated on random generation. So the the clues, uh, the enemies you'll face, the riddles you'll, you'll have to complete are all randomly selected from pre predisposed sets. And within that, you then have random encounters too. So you've got a completely unique mystery that pops up every time you play one of five and then you'll have random encounters within that and your job is to manage your health sanity and a doom meter which is kind of the i don't know it's, it's how close you're bringing this eldritch power to the world and the more time you spend casting spells or like interacting with certain objects you can increase your doom, which will mean that the powers that are affecting this town are becoming more and more powerful. You're like opening up that tear. Yeah. yeah. So it's about managing these three statistics and your money whilst collecting key items in the world, like exploring the game space, and then solving puzzles. That's interesting to have those like plate-spinning mechanics going in a game kind of like this. Yeah, it's, it's, it is an RPG, um, but it's more of like a management game as well, like a like a. So this, I'm I'm getting shades of like XCOM, in it that kind of micromanagement like stuff. Obviously not in the, you know, it's not a um, turn-based tactical shooter, whatever you want to call it. Tactical shooter, what the hell am I about? No, that's right. That's yeah, pretty yeah. accurate. Um, I I just got images of Rainbow Six in my head. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but yeah, having those mechanics, to, you know, it seems like it would be odd on the surface, but I bet it works pretty well. It seems like it does. It definitely gripped me, and like the subject matter is personally interesting to me. Yeah. So I was very much into it. Uh, it's hard for me to describe how you interact with the game, though, because I've said like you know it's a bit Monkey Islandish, but not really. You, you're always selecting from like a like a menu or something. So it's it's kind of like a choose your own adventure book in digital form with RPG mechanics, puzzle solving. Seems really interesting. I'm not doing it justice as well because the visuals are a huge part. The kind of disturbing visuals and the, the soundtrack as well is great. So I would definitely look up a review for that. And if you're into that kind of cosmic horror, you'll love it. You'll love it from just watching the reviews or watching people play it. You'll get it immediately. Your kind of games. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that is that definitely a pickup in my opinion. I might I might end up getting this, but I'm also saving for next month because we've got RE3 and, and Eternal. Oh, Doom Eternal. The only thing this here is you. <laughs> oh, I need that game in my life, man. So another indie title for us today. What the Golf. Coming to us from Triband, 19th of September, 2019. I've gone a little bit back in time for this one because it's a really, really weird and interesting game. From the points that you've put down, it definitely seems like it. Yeah, and this is another... I've really given myself uh, a hurdle to try and jump here because both of these games have non-specific presentation so i can't be like it's a third person action game like it this it's it's a souls born yeah <laughs> it's a metroidvania microtransaction souls born third person rpg action game it's not that i'm pretty sure like the last five or ten projects that got posted to kickstarter i have that <laughs> description i thought that was a uh, like ea's mission statement for the next year <laughs> yeah that's just all they're saying that that's the only games we're going to show all those ones so it has the mechanics of kind of a mobile golf game where you have a ball it has a power meter you hold a button you well you choose the direction of that power meter you hold a button to fill it up and then you go that far and that's as much as it has to do with golf as it will have and that is where the metaphor ends so for, as an example of this game, you start off with a green in front of you. It's very simplistic graphically. You've got your man, he's got his club, and you've got the power meter. 
and then when you fill that up the dude goes springing towards the hole with the force and the ball goes nowhere so it's just the whole game is golfing different objects towards different goal zones in various situations so in one in one of the games you have to hit a hole into a giant one and then it says hole in one and then it goes to the next so it's, it's full of like kind of dumb humor little referential bits and bobs um, i quite enjoyed watching a playthrough of it they reference other games uh, tv properties there's a part where you play where you play uh, super hot but they call it super putt so you have guys that are shooting at your golf ball and your golf ball moves through guns and you the bullets and the, it's basically just super, the mechanics of super hot but in a golfing sim and in between every every level it says super putt in that super putt yeah like that so that's it's kind of a, a silly uh, funny game and i thought i'd bring it up and just it's pretty cheap go and check it out if you fancy a laugh um it yeah. sounds cool it sounds like it's get the it's got the humor right and that's a tough thing to do like i said uh in one punch man humor not so much but and then something like this yeah, yeah it definitely translates in this and yeah. uh, as i said maybe the humor in one punch man is better made for television yeah and it doesn't it doesn't come across in a game because you're with the game for 10 hours not 30 minutes passive media as opposed to interactive yeah for sure yeah but that's it what i got for you cool thanks man no worries man So that's enough of me rambling about what's been out lately. I'm going to hand over to Sam, who's going to tell us what's going on in the news. Uh, I shall, but before I do that, oh. we'll, we'll address, we've had a slight format change. Okay, yeah. Um, just because it was a lot for me to, to ramble on about. I think it was a bit lopsided in that I think you were covering the reviews very well, Matt, in a, oh, thank you. In a healthy time frame. But I think the news was just kind of running a bit too long, which we, but okay. we mutually agreed on. This isn't me making a... An executive, an executive decision. There you go. People say it normally. <laughs> um, so instead of my my normal nuggets, number three stories, I'm going to have my two smaller stories. Okay. And then a main main meaty one. Okay. So that will hopefully even out the time a bit more, and you'll have to hear me talk less, which might be good, might be bad. I don't know. Well, let's let's see how it goes. See how long it takes. Okay. So the first one we've got is this. We'll start with the two smaller ones. Sure. Uh, that the. Last of Us, mm -hmm. the very highly regarded game, being made into a show by HBO. Oh, wow. Okay. Which, if they can do a good job of it, I'm sure it'll be very good. Uh, it's being written by the guy who wrote uh, Chernobyl. Did you watch Chernobyl? I did not watch Chernobyl, but I heard good things. Yeah, it's got, like, it, um, like after, I think it came out just after Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. and it, like, shot to the top of everybody's ratings and stuff. Everyone was, I've not heard a bad thing said about it. No, same here. It get a poor reviewer in any way uh, and that man's name is craig mazin mazin m-a-z-i-n say that how you will Mazin, yeah. uh and he's actually teaming up with the last of us director neil Druckmann. oh great so there's like direct involvement yeah you know, they're not just taking the license and uh doing whatever they want with it like there's direct involvement from uh naughty dog which is gonna be cool that's awesome yeah, yeah. that's always a a healthy thing to hear i think you know if that's not happening i usually get a little bit worried that they're gonna take the source material and just kind of run in whatever direction they want it can happen yeah yeah and i get that some you can't directly adapt every scene of a game into a into a tv show that's not plausible because like i said it doesn't it's a hard thing translate. to do i mean i think the witcher has kind of set a good precedent yeah it shows that it can be done mm. even though it's not strictly a game yeah you know, true it is officially a, a book series which became a game which you know mm. Um, it's going to follow the events of the first game. Um, they haven't announced. Obviously, they're probably going to wait until see how this does, if it does well, which I imagine it will do. HBO have a good pedigree of quality to them. They put a um, high high production value. Yeah, and they've got and, high. You know, Naughty Dog are a good a good dev. Mm -hmm. So I, I'd be very surprised if it does badly. But yeah, it's going to follow the events of the, of the first game, and then possibly if it gets more serious, could bridge the gap, or it could obviously follow the game that's coming up. Well, next month, month after, I think. It's two months now, yeah. Yeah, so who knows? We could be getting more. Exciting. Um, uh, it's officially a collaboration between HBO, uh, Sony Pictures Television, and PlayStation Productions, which I didn't really know was a thing. But is I assume it, is that their like, television media brand? I think so, yeah. Okay. That's what they're kind of 
um, I think Xbox technically has one as well, but I don't know what it's called. The producers are going to be Caroline Strauss, who is the former president of HBO. Okay. And Evan Wells, who's the president of Naughty Dog. So okay. Again, more more good names if you if you know these people. Um, that's again put a good seal of approval on it. But you know they're getting as many people from the original material uh, as involved as they can be. Yeah. Or the people that they would matter. Uh, there has been a bit of like mutual backslapping between uh, Druckmann and Maz and Nathan, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's been like, oh, I'm a big fan of his work. And it's like, oh, yeah, he makes some fantastic stuff. Okay. There's, there's been a little bit of... Respect each other yeah, professionally. I don't know if it's been a bit... If it's gone a bit too, like, he's, he's a genius of his field. It's kind of got a bit superlative. Okay. Because uh, the, the guy actually, Mazin, actually called uh, The Last of Us, he called it Druckmann's Magnum Opus. Okay. I mean, you can... It's a very good game. It's, it's yeah. a very good game. That's what like, I would say. I th- those are strong words that's what I'm going to say yeah. you could think that again not taking anything away from The Last of Us fantastic game it's a great game but those are to call something a magnum opus is quite a I mean if his, to say it's his magnum opus that might be true it might be his but that generally refers to like a the absolute pinnacle of someone's life's work yeah and I don't think that does, is does he stop now is that well <laughs> I've done the best thing I'm ever going to do also yeah if he if he called it his own and then he was like, okay, yeah, fair. That's His magnum opus is a fantastic piece of work. But the fact that someone else has said, that's your magnum opus. This yeah. is like, okay, I guess I'll fair. never make anything else. It's a, it's a kind thing to say, but it is, yeah, hi- yeah. hyperbolic. A, bit like, a, bit, a little bit too much. Um, it's the first video game to be adapted to a live-action TV series. And like we just mentioned, The Witcher doesn't technically count. But I can understand if you're... If you're thinking in that mindset, because mm-hmm. it is a HBO book. Um, and like previous versions of stuff, there was the Super Mario show, which I watched when I was a kid. Yep. That was, te- well, it had live action bits, but it wasn't no, it was like that. It was, it was a cartoon show. You watched it because it was a cartoon show. Um, Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, they were all cartoons. And mm-hmm. to be fair, Donkey Kong on Fox Kids, I used to watch that. I, n- I never watched that. It was, it was cool. It was, it was unusual. It had a, a different kind of tone to it, but it was, it was good. I was a kid, it was a cartoon. That was all I needed. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, more series that would be good that could potentially be good to adapt mm. uh, the ones I've got down are as much as they aren't trailblazing games uh, Watch Dogs okay um, that's, that seems to me to have a bit more longevity as that kind of along like a Mr. Robot vibe yeah it could, it, it could be it depends how you approached it really yeah I wouldn't do it as Watch Dogs 1 uh, to be honest I found the narratives of the games pretty flat pretty one note yeah, didn't I really think go wa- anywhere for me. Yeah, Watch Dogs Two had more character to it, but I think Watch Dogs One, uh, you just the dude just wanted to be Batman, Aiden Aiden Pierce. Yeah, it was it was just I I was wronged and now I do good stuff. Yeah, that's kind of the his whole character. I thought as much as the movie's not great, uh, Assassin's Creed. I thought would be that would be better as a series. I mm, I reckon you can make a good series out of that. Series th- of the Brotherhood. I think you'd have to comp. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I can't get the movie out of my head. <laughs> it was just, they had Fassbender as well. How do you, how? How? That That's a different bother for a different time. <laughs> um, the Division, I thought would be cool. That's kind of set up for that. I know nothing about The Division. Absolutely nothing. Uh, it's just post-apocalypse. Again, so it's, if you can make this, you can probably make that. Fair um, enough. And then I've got GTA, Red Dead, Halo. I'm with you on GTA and Red Dead. I think their stories are pretty thick and you could do interesting stuff with it. They're just uh, like well-established narratives, right? That could yeah, you could stretch out for uh, a long period of time. No Bioshock on my list? Um, I'd watch, more it, of a I'd movie? watch a Bioshock film. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's a series. So I don't know what the core tenets of the series would have to be, but I think maybe when you've got established characters that can play over a long arc but mm. I think Bioshock works better in a, a 90 minute to two hour like a condensed slot. singular story yeah to have those things rather than I can see that because I think you'd have to follow maybe like a a splicer or something living in Rapture or a person living in Columbia rather than what if they did like a like a fear the walking dead thing where you had the, oh, the, the fall of Rapture up to the yeah because they kind of did that in the 
Wasn't that like the tutorial bit for the multiplayer of Bioshock 2? It that was. was, that, yeah. was the, that was the setting for it. It was, it it was, was yeah. New Year's Eve of 59? Because, because, yeah, uh, the, the multiplayer is supposed to be that evening, right? Yeah. That's why so everyone's like the, going nuts. The breakdown of society, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those are just my thoughts. Do you know any series, uh, sorry, video game series that you think would be good to adapt to TV? Shout them out in the comments. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, a bit more serious, is that LA, and then by extension California now, has technically been put into a state of emergency. Okay. Which is kind of a bit terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a little tangent, the whole coronavirus stuff has obviously got a lot more serious in the last week. Yeah. And I, the thing that is kind of hurting my head about it is that I just don't know how to feel about it. Like, I'll read the news and it'll say, like, death toll's risen, blah, 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 in, in the UK, where, where we are. Yeah. Uh, but then I'll check. Uh, I read that, and then I checked Instagram, and like someone was at like a festival in the Alps. I kind of I just don't know how to feel. Mm. I'm like, okay, if we're taking this seriously, let's kind of all agree, let's do this. But unless you're gonna install martial law, you can't really do that, right? You can just ask people and hope that they do the sensible thing. I think it is serious. Like the the rate at which I think it's it is, spreading, yeah. and I think the fact that people aren't taking it seriously is uh, like increasing the seriousness or the rate of seriousness in which it's rising right because people are like until it happens to them so until people catch it people are going to be like ah, don't worry about it's it it's like ah, it's just the flu and it's like it might be just the flu for me and you but you know if, if i if i get it and i'm like i'm just a little bit sick and i get on a bus and it, then yeah, exactly. i give it to 20 people and one of them is has any underlying health condition it's like a voracious form of the flu right they'll, they'll yeah. get pneumonia or something from it and so it can be dangerous yeah i i'm personally gonna definitely take a lot more precautions not that i have been reckless per se but i've it's definitely heightened my awareness to it so i'm going to be mm. more uh more i guess germ aware or hy- hygienic at least for the next couple months yeah definitely um it was initially cleared by the esa which is the ecological society of america uh they reevaluated the situation uh, i think at the beginning of this week and they declared la and california in a state of emergency okay uh, the official statement from the ESA is, uh, quotes, the health and safety of our attendees, exhibitors, and partners, uh, partners and staffs are top priority. Um, while the ESA continues to plan for a safe and successful E3 show on June 9th to June 11th, 2020, we are monitoring and evaluating the situation daily. Um, that now has turned into E3 has been officially cancelled, I think, as of today. Okay. So, which I think is definitely, it's a shame, but... It's definitely the most sensible thing it's, to do. Yeah, you, it would be irresponsible for them as organisers of the, the gathering to, to let it go ahead or even suggest it. Yeah. And if they put all the money into getting it up and together, they just won't recoup it because people won't go. Yeah. So I it doesn't make any financial sense to do it either. Yeah, I think it was happening easy, so GDC didn't happen, but like people were just gradually pulling out and they were like, you know what, let's just shut it down. Cause yeah. No, no one big is going to turn up and then no one's going to turn up to see those people. And mm-hmm. people that do are just, are just at risk. So I think it makes sense to do. Uh, it definitely doesn't do E3 any favors because I, you know, whether you've been keeping up with it, but E3's kind of been on the slow decline. I'd say for the past five years or so, or like attendance. That and it's, I think it's just lost more relevance. You oh. know, I think people have just been moving towards doing their own directs. Like okay. play, PlayStation pulled out last year, and then they I think announced again they're not doing it this year. Um, Nintendo don't really go right. They just they reveal their major stuff through like their through their directs. Yeah, true. Yeah, and they have like their own events for like they have spe- specific events for like Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll probably have one for like Metroid when that comes back. Uh, you know they 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 can self promote themselves why they need to go to a show, and I feel like it's more for the fans at this point. Like yeah. it's cool to you know kind of rub shoulders and get to see maybe you know your favorite developers you know you might go on a year a few years ago if they reveal a new mario game that you know you might get to see miyamoto on stage or mm. you know you might get to see something cool like that so i feel like it's for the people going rather than it is for the developers or publishers that put, put stuff there yeah i can kind of see that i can kind of see that that's that's what i feel anyway mm. but you know i don't yeah i don't know if it personally will i think in the next five years easily won't be happening I think it would just be the directs that happen. You heard it here first. That's, the that's prediction. My, yeah. Hot take. Um, 
there'll still be shows and stuff, but I just think E3 as a show, mm. I think it's more of a fan service show, uh, but people still feel pressured because of that to reveal something big. Just show up. Yeah. yeah so, but, uh, but those are my two small ones. My main course uh, is kind of a callback to what we've done before. Not me, but what Matt has covered. So it's a previously reviewed game oh, yeah. that Matt covered in episode four, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. In that Ghost Recon Breakpoint is being, quotes, massively reworked. Unsurprised. Yeah. Uh, so five months into this life cycle, they're kind of they're cancelling the second raid that was planned. Okay. They kind of scrapped the, the content roadmap they had and like redesigned that. They're reducing its uh, always online requirement, mm-hmm. and they're going to be releasing an update system that lets you deactivate its loot system. Okay. The new mode is going to be called Immersion Mode, and it can be switched on and off. Okay. Interesting. As we said with Matt's fine review in episode four, that the the game had flaws with things like having gear score. Yes. Being needed to engage enemies or to con- or to be able to accept missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the constant need of kind of it being it having like a destiny like mechanic, and that if you find a better weapon, you just pick that up and you just keep swapping. So there's no point investing in the weapons you have. So you yeah, because you could just find one off an enemy and pick one up, and then and get they had up. and they have lethal headshots. Yeah, so it's like so you, your power scaling is odd in, in a game that's focused on stealth. You know, having yeah, it's it's always better to play better than it is to rely on loot. Yeah, so kind of goes around that. Uh, the microtransactions still there. No word on that that they're okay. going to change. Of, of course. course. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the immersion mode is going to remove gear score entirely. You're able to customize different characters' stats, like your stamina and your health. So okay. you can put. I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but you can put in points to certain things. I'd imagine that will go. Like, I'm going to have a. I'm going to invest in health, and this character is going to be a bit of a tank, or I'm going to have like no health or stamina. So loose RPG kind of yeah those kind okay. of mechanics to it so uh, you can change the damage output I believe but I think that you are you can give so I don't know if that's weapon modding or not okay uh, you can turn off elements of the HUD okay uh, and one that I know that griped you Matt specifically oh yeah you can now lock down the hub world so okay just you or you can turn it so only you and your friends can come in. Yeah, I think that was one of the one of the points I raised specifically is that you're supposed to be this elite small unit of highly trained soldiers on like some island taking down a, a drug lord or something, and then you go to where your commanding officer is, and there's like a hundred guys wearing giant pink bunny ears, all yeah. crowding around him. It's like, like yeah, uh, like everyone's <laughs> crowding around quest givers, being like, please give me a mission. Yeah, you're like half, you're like straddling an MMO and a pseudo realistic co-op game with weapon levels. I think yeah, with that. When that's happening, but they're like, take this seriously. It's like, well, it just didn't have an identity, right? It just it dilutes the identity of the game. You just don't really know what it is. Uh, you can play offline, okay, uh, but not if you want to play co-op or PvP. Which fair enough. That's. I don't know if you can do local. No idea. I wouldn't think you would personally. They don't. It doesn't tend to be a feature anymore. It's, yeah, it's unusual for a game to have same couch. Yeah. Which I miss, by the way. I'm, oh, a big, yeah. I'm a big fan of Catch-A-Call. All this is kind of scheduled for the 24th of March. So what's that? Two weeks, roughly? Yeah. Two weeks, two weeks time. All the dev time is now going into the immersion mode, but there's still no word on having AI partners like you could in Wildlands. Okay. So that's not, um, not going to happen. But there should be improvements to the overall AI of the enemies. They're not going to be like... You're not going to shoot them in the face and they're going to be like, where did that come from? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you the Skyrim treatment. Yeah. What was that noise? Yeah. There's an arrow in my head. It must have been the wind. <laughs> Do we think, Matt, mm-hmm. that it is better for developers to address an issue like this? Because to be fair, six months, that's a pretty short short time. They they're have, clearly listening. Yeah. They've, you know, they've heard the feedback from the fans and they have done it. Do we think, generally, it is better to be open to that and to admit, admit you're wrong, cut your losses? Mm. Or do you... You know, do you stick to your guns and try and make, as opposed to scrapping what they've got and starting again, do they mm. try and build on what they've got and do they just go for broke and be like, okay, well, this is what the game is, this is what it's going to be? It depends. I think it depends entirely on the response to the game. You know, is it, are your foundations bad or are your walls improperly built? 
you know, you can. That's a good good metaphor. You can you can patch it. To. Yeah, you, I, thanks, man. <laughs> you, you can uh, you can patch something up and you can give something a new coat of paint and it might attract more people in and it will look better and maybe you can fix up some of the mechanics. But in my opinion, I don't think this will help. Breakpoint. I think that fundamentally it's flawed from a design perspective, and unless they really rethink core design tenants of the game because when i when i was researching it it seemed like the design tenant was everything everything ubisoft have ever done please also put this in this game yeah it seemed like to just find any way to crowbar any mechanic we've already done put it in this game yeah and that's not good enough like it, it you if you try and please all people you please none of them you've got to pick your game's identity how you want the player to feel how you want them to act and it doesn't have that so other games it can work with, like Rainbow Six Siege, was released as an absolute mess. Yeah, I've got that, and ironically, also a UB game. Yeah. Um, that that had a bad, like, entire year, right? That was basically kind of dead, and then it had a like a resurgence in its second year. Mm-hmm. And, then, you know, it's, and it's now one of the more popular shooters online, probably because it occupies a different niche. Yeah. But, you know, it finds its feet again. Sorry. Uh, I'm not sure what it was that made it bad at the start. But I d- yeah, I kind of don't know the story behind it. I'm not sure if it was like connectivity or weapon balance, but those are the kind of things that you can work on because the game at its core didn't change. It's still like a like a uh, a house siege based first person competitive shooter. It never never deviated from that core mm. design principle. They just changed the the fluff. Yeah. I, yeah, I did put siege on it actually. I think it's. I don't know if they'll get many people back now from changing it i think people might be soured by it and go okay well no i didn't like breakpoint i don't care what they've done to it i'm not going back i think it is hard to win back fans that have been like kind of had their fingers burnt sure if you look at uh games like no man's sky mm. that was i mean that over promised that was kind of a different story but yeah it still had a, a pretty horrific launch mm-hmm. assassin's Creed unity again another ub game yeah was Bug to hell, just wasn't finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fallout seventy six, uh. that was that was uh. and that was kind of a combination too, right? That was buggy and overpromised. That was and or, terrible and like yeah. fundamentally terrible. Yeah, and I think like now, I'd love Fallout seventy six to be good, but I almost don't care if it's finished now because it was broken when it came out, right? Yeah, and it's also like, even if they fixed all of the bugs, it's still a bad game. Mm. Like it's not a better game for not having bugs anymore with. Assassin's Creed Unity, that was released too early. It needed more time in the oven. They shoved it out there, and it had bugs out of the wazoo. And you can fix that, because it's still an Assassin's Creed game. You're still fundamentally going to have fun with it. But it's the same point as before, I guess. If your game isn't well-concepted, it's going to be poor. It's pulled from the off. Yeah. Yeah. I think No Man's Sky is all right now. I think they finally fixed it, yeah. I don't think it lives up to anywhere near the scope that it initially promised mm. but it, it at least does some of the things i think i feel like sea of thieves ended up being a bit of a n- pirate themed no man's sky as well right like you end up just sailing around doing nothing i think they they made some claims about the character customization okay it, i think they said like over a thousand thousand items of clothing but they classed one hat in 20 different colors that's 20 <laughs> things <laughs> Come on now. I think it was one of those. You know what you're doing when you do that. Yeah. Come so, on now. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Um, if you may, if you played any terrible games that were broken uh, when they came out, let us know. Or if you just know of any. Yeah. Uh, shout them out. Let us know what you thought of them then and what you think of them now. Yeah. Very good. But yeah. Those are my newses. Thank you. We, uh, I'm enlightened by the news. Oh. So Matt has been enlightened, and now we move on to the end, the final section, the question, oh. which was, what are some of our favourite, I put real life rule sets, but okay. rule sets in sport, in games, in other things besides video games. Yeah, so, so Matt. Like outside of the sphere of classical gaming, um, I thought this would be an interesting question because we do talk about games as though they're specifically related to video games, card games, and tabletop games, but games exist in all kinds of forms and we play them all the time uh, in ways that we don't sometimes we don't even realize but we're not going to get into the psychological we're theory. not getting into game theory we're yeah. not going to break that down right now we're not going to go that far but i am going to say that dodgeball is pretty cool 
Um, dodgeball is cool. I enjoy the comeback mechanics of dodge dodgeball. Catching the ball and having someone on your team come in, outing the other person. I got weirdly into league dodgeball for a little while. And it's I, insane. It's impressive what these guys can do. Yeah. Like, it's 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 cool. I would suggest watching it. I might even get back into it. Talking. It was ironically the film Dodgeball that uh, <laughs> <laughs> did it get you into it. Yeah, that yeah that led me to it. It just seemed cool. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I personally, I'm not a big sports guy, so I don't watch a lot of sports. I like I don't mind boxing. I mentioned earlier on, and I don't mind UFC. Um, but ball sports like basketball, where people you have a certain amount of steps, like you can't step a certain amount while you're doing a certain thing. To me, that is like a rule that was generated for the sport rather than this is a like a gating mechanic on what you can do. Whereas like that just that feels like a rule for the sake of a rule to me. Well, like almost like feel a, that might not be the case if you do play basketball or netball or whatever those things. Yeah, give but, us give us some basketball knowledge. Why does that exist? Why 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 is that? And dribbling, I mean, I kind of get it. Otherwise, you're playing rugby, right? Rugby with a net. You can double dribble if you. You can't stand in one spot and bounce the ball more than once. Uh, more than once, more than twice. I don't know. Really? Yeah, it's like you have to take a certain amount of steps. But then you can't. You, no, you, neither can you hold the ball, right? You can hold the ball, but then like if you, but you can't run and hold it. Yeah. So like if you if you went for a, um if you went to dunk, you'd have to take you'd have to do one two. Wow. Jumps. Can so you yeah. pass it backwards and forwards as many times as you like? Yeah, but you have a shot clock as well. What if two people are holding the ball with one hand simultaneously, and they're both running? Uh, I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> Good, so I don't know a lot about basketball, clearly, as people, anyone that knows about basketball is hearing me talk about it. Because um, <laughs> I'm like, what, five, four on a warm day? It's not, it doesn't work like, um, I don't know, you can't be thrown with the ball. Can you be thrown with the ball? Is I that, probably could. Is that a legal maneuver? Maybe that's a, the next stage. If I join the NBA, I draw it as, as the, the ballman. Like a, <laughs> the ballman. <laughs> you have one ballman. They throw, throw me at the uh, at the backboard and then I put the ball in. Maybe that's the next stage for basketball. Is like you combine it with cheerleading and acro balance, so you can do you can do absolutely anything with your bodies to get it up to. The is it is it uh, basketball? Basketball. Do you do it with trampolines? That sounds cool as hell. So a lot easier, but yeah, it's for for basketball for people that aren't tall, basically. That's cool. So yeah, if you know about basketball, please uh, respond with some knowledge because we don't know. Yeah, that. clear up what we just said because that was insane, probably. Uh, and I also like chess's timer, which I know is technically a board game, but it is one of the classics, which is probably a bit of an understatement for how large chess is to gaming. Mm. You know, it's like saying Go, that's a good game. It's like <laughs> yeah. the, one of the first games. Um, yeah, chess's timer, I think, is just a really important thing for the game that you wouldn't necessarily consider being important. You have to, uh, like, match it with, you know, when I, when the few times I have played chess, it's, you know, it's, it's a snail's pace because you're putting as much thought into your next move because uh, that could lose you the game. Yeah. And you have to be thinking, like, several moves ahead mm-hmm. to trap your opponent or whatever. And to do that at, at a pace, I don't know what the, like, do you lose points for being slower? I didn't get how, it, I didn't get what the timer does. So I think that you have clocks that work on a like an overall time for this is the time for the match and you want to like pass over within you have like 30 minutes to play a game of chess and it's just about doing the whole game quickly and then you have move timers where each person has a minute to make their decision and if your minute runs out you just go over to the other player okay i think that's how it works again chess players any league chess players yeah we're not bobby fisher or whatever his name is no insane chess player i'm not big blue either that's the only chess player i know and that's a computer. No. <laughs> <laughs> is it right? Is that right? I don't even know if that's right. Right. Yeah. Before I embarrass myself anymore, I'm going to hand over to Sam. What are your favorite rule sets? Um, well, I'm a big wrestling guy. Oh, here we go. Um, not me physically. That's a, a fan. A fan of yeah, wrestling. Yeah, I'm a big fan of wrestling. Um, and you get some cool rule sets in that. Sometimes, sometimes you get some goofy ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Attitude of Wrestling had some insane ones. Like the 24-hour title thing was mental. I love that. that was, it was funny. Yeah. And it was it could only have been done in that period of time. Yeah. But I mean, you have like people going down, being chased in, like, in a shopping mall. <laughs> and they're like, you had the cameraman going down a slide into a ball pit. So he was chasing <laughs> a guy who was trying to get pinned. 
I've not seen that, but I must see that. People have been pinned while they're asleep. <laughs> they brought a referee into the hotel room and then like held. Um, I know that was uh, that was Pat Patterson. I think was that was that the referee? Okay. Um, but yeah, Hell in a Cell. It used to be like that was like the rivalry ender, mm-hmm. and most people who don't know wrestling will know the the mankind getting thrown off of it. Oh yeah, that kind of be the iconic image. Tooth up his nose. Yep. Too straight into his nose. Yep. Uh, man, mankind's got some stories. <laughs> when we're done with this YouTube, like uh, mankind, like personal or like interview and stuff, and he's got some insane. He's the weirdest injuries. Yeah. Uh, TLC. That was always fun. That was a big staple in like the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Dudge Boys. Get the tables. <laughs> uh, and hardcore. Yeah, hardcore just, was fun. Just, it was like mental, or like you can get. There's three stipulations that are like are either insanely niche in their differences mm. or are basically the same and it's like it's like hardcore falls count anywhere mm. there's like three rule sets that are basically the same and I don't know where they differ okay um, I I don't know enough to know about the difference between those um, and the only reason I know about the falls count anywhere is from the No Mercy N64 game great game which was one of the best wrestling games awesome of all time quick one I like Rugby Sindin I think that's good that you don't, you're not permanently banned from the game I think you can that you can go in and out. It's like a timeout. Yeah. You've been bad. So, yeah. So. You sit in the corner. Uh, I wish... I'm a big football fan, but I wish uh, officials in rugby were as half as respected... Uh, sorry, in rugby. In football were half as respected as they are in rugby because, like, no one fucks with a rugby referee. Just a different mentality to the game, right? Yeah. Let's say ru- rugby's a... Oh, what is it? It's a... Played by gentlemen... Oh, or like it's a thug sport played by gentlemen. That's the one. And then the football is the reverse. Uh, I've written down as well because it's probably not something. Monopoly for me is like the, the wild west in games. It can make and break families. Okay. <laughs> when I've played, so my, my aim in Monopoly is never to win. It's to frustrate as many people as I can. So what I do is I go around and I buy one of every color. You are the worst. So people human. have to to like uh, break deals with me. You, you literally can't... I don't think you can win doing that. No, but. I can't. But that's not my aim. <laughs> and so I like I like form alliances with people. So just when someone's about to go out, sometimes I just give them a bit of money to keep them in. <laughs> You're it's terrible. Like this, it's like the scene in American Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so don't play Monopoly with me. No, I'm glad I'm not related no to you. No one likes it. Danielle hates me for it. Okay. She likes, She plays to win Monopoly. <laughs> She's quite a competitive person. She can be on stuff like that. Yeah, she doesn't like being bad at stuff. Yeah, so. uh, and I quite I quite like as much as that won't show it. I like honor based systems, so um, I'm very much against uh, victory through any form of cheating or just cheating in general. I think yeah, you only only cheating yourself. And my kind of mantra is that if I had to cheat to win, I wasn't good enough. And that's knowing that for me is worse than getting like a false victory. Oh yeah, so for sure I agree with you on that one. So I'd rather be beaten than win either because someone treated me with kid gloves or because I needed to cheat. Yeah, it's like when we play, you know, uh, Smash and stuff, you wouldn't... Me letting you win is more insulting to you. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, you, you beat me 90 times out of 100, and that's fine. Like, I can take... Well, most of the time I can take that. Yeah. Sometimes I definitely can't. Um, but yeah, that's that's less disrespectful than you either letting me win. Or yeah, and you'd, you'd instantly know it. Yeah. Like, even if I didn't admit to it, you'd be like, you definitely let me win that. Like, you could have killed me and you didn't. Mm. Or, you know. In football, there's kind of an unwritten rule that if someone goes down injured, you kick the ball out of play. Okay. I kinda like that. But that's not a... That can cause a bit of controversy in that you don't have to do that. Mm. So if someone goes down, like, say if you're going to take on, like, a last defender. Yeah. And he goes down and he, like, twists his ankle or whatever, and he's like, ah. Like, that person doesn't have to stop. You can just go straight past him. Yeah. So, okay. But, you know, you can do the honourable thing. And there's been times where like people have uh, been given like a penalty, and they got off and been like, "No, I wasn't fouled." They've like been honest and said that that was I just I slipped, but then referee's been mistaken. Oh, Sometimes okay. they still make them take it and they just kick it back to the goalkeeper. They're really? Like, they're like, "No, I'm not doing that." Oh, I've yeah. okay. And I'd I'd be that guy. And as much as I'm not a fan of the series, uh, I really like the golden snitch rule in Quidditch. Okay. The fact that it's a hard to achieve aim, but it can instantly like it's an instant comeback mechanic and it just ends the game. 
anything. I can't think of any of one's games or sports or whatever that have that. Um, I think that's why. Not off the top of my head. Smash no. is so appealing, and that you can you can make a comeback because it's not based on health or. Yeah, like there's always the opportunity you can gimp or spike or. Yeah, you're never out of the game. No. Until yeah. until you are officially defeated. Yeah, and you see it all the time, like people coming back from you reverse three stocks. Do yeah, that's, happen. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, never mind. I feel like yeah, like I said, I I don't know if you mentioned it as well, but yeah, honor based systems, no cheating, don't play Monopoly. Yeah, I think those are the key takeaways. You'll kill yourself if you play it with me because <laughs> I'm just out <laughs> to frustrate you. So Sam, what is the question for next time? The question for the next episode is: What games have we put the most time into? Okay, this is pretty cut and dry. Yeah, that's a, well, that one was a bit more of a concepty questions so i thought i'd yeah. get more back to a, a solid base with a bit more of a, a binary answer i like it so. let's find out what are the next time next time but we are going to keep talking there's an end here yeah mission failed we'll get them next time so that's it for this episode guys thank you so much for listening to us as always yeah thank you for choosing to spend your time here with us and keep your eyeballs peeled for Vox Ludio on Facebook. Yes, it's finally happening. So by the time you hear this, uh, we're going to like, well, we've made the Facebook page, but we're going to officially do like an outreach. Yeah, publish, publish it. We're going to promote it more, yeah. So uh, so yeah, if you could shoot us a like on there, that'd be great. If you like it, if not, don't like it. And if you do that, you'll be able to follow us here, what we're doing here. We're going to run polls. We're going to run all kinds of comments for what we're going to be doing in the episodes. Yeah, so we'll do as much audience interaction as we can because, you know, without well, the people that, that listen and, you know, dare I say fans mm. of the show. We don't know if we do actually have any, but we, we may do. But if you are a fan, you can get involved with that in, you know, in a myriad of ways. Yeah, and, and the things that we're discussing here, you can jump straight in. Facebook is a great way just to talk directly to us about what we're talking about and open up those threads of thought. Yeah, you communicate with us. You can um, send us ideas you want to talk about, you think would be good on the show. You can respond to what we've said. Yeah. Get involved wherever you want. Yeah. So All good. So, yeah. bye. I'm going to let it hang a little bit longer so it's not the end. Oh, I've done it. Bye.